Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So this week we have on uh, one of my longtime Twitter mutuals, first time ever, like, actually talking to her, uh, Catherine, and uh, she's a community manager and an artist. Her topic that she brought was, like, step-by-step food videos and and sort of, like, recipe videos in general, which is, like, a very kind of narrowcast type of food video. But I feel like a lot of people probably have experience with with seeing these just from, like, being on social media because they're, they're shared, like, all the time. Time. Yeah, I, I, I admittedly, I don't have, I think, any experience with the serious iteration of food videos. I vaguely remember there was a very popular Canadian YouTube show in the early days of YouTube called Epic Mealtime. Um, oh my gosh. Which was oh. <laughs> decidedly not serious at all. It was uh, it was food crimes. It was as ridiculous as they could possibly make it. Yeah, you just shot me back. Like, well, that was that was me reeling for a second because, like, I haven't heard that name in years. Yeah, like, yeah. I it, it actually, I was thinking about them a few years ago and it took me a really long time because I couldn't remember the name of the channel to find them again. It's strange Mm. how deeply buried things get in the annals of internet history that uh, something that was really popular can suddenly become very difficult to find. But yeah, it was interesting to hear about the popular like modern iteration of this concept of of a way to use the internet. Yeah, I like I am I don't want to call myself a connoisseur and I mentioned in the show or in the the interview, but like I definitely subscribe to multiple of these and they (laughs) just like you know it's like oh man and they're usually like for me it's like weird food that i can't get very Mm -hmm. often like complicated sushi or whatever and it's just like nice to watch someone skilled make something there's a lot to appreciate and work that someone else is doing not you yeah so we do mention this in the episode but it's it's too late for it to be helpful so we'll bring it up now if you were hungry you might want to eat before you listen to this if you think maybe just the possibility of talking about food might make you hungry or at least have some plans to make something nice for yourself after you listen yeah that was a warning that neither of us heeded and i am (laughs) still in the future hungry now but we'll move right into the interview Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. If you could just uh, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do, and uh, introduce what you brought to talk about today. Cool. Okay, so, hi, my name's Catherine. I'm a community manager in the games industry over in New York City. I'm not talking about games, though. Talking about uh, step-by-step cooking videos. I had to think about what specific, what subset of food videos I wanted to talk about, but, like, I feel like there's more I could say about step-by-step stuff like from a personal level and it's all it's all good stuff i feel like step-by-step recipe videos are pretty self-explanatory by the actual of what they're called but for like someone who maybe hasn't seen anything like this maybe could you give like a brief description of what you're talking about exactly just generally it's very instructionally focused like at its core it's just mostly you're following somebody as they're teaching you how to make a specific recipe and the camera's kind of following whatever is most relevant to the step that they're working on. I guess that's the general gist of it, but there are definitely some shows that do very interesting takes on them, but it just down to the core, it's like very focused on the this is how you cook element of it. Yeah, are you more like into the ones where it's like straight up like here's the food and here's the ingredients and there's like no outer personality to it or or do you are you into the ones where it's like there's a person narrating and there's like stuff going on. Like there are people that 
are also making the food sort of thing. It really depends on what I'm in the mood for, because I feel like each serves a different need. I think, like, if I had to pick one, I'd prefer the ones that tend to take some kind of a twist on it or have some kind of personal aspect to them. But I gotta say, tasty videos are very good for, like, it's just very therapeutic to watch them. Yeah. It's relaxing, and it makes me want to cook. How did you get into this in the in the first place? Like, were you initially looking for something to watch on YouTube and it was maybe recommended? Were you actually looking for a recipe because you were planning on cooking when you started watching them? I probably would go as far back as to say, like, it probably started with me just watching Food Network as a kid, and then as <laughs> it became more popular on, like, social media, it was just, it was very nice. I ended up, like, filling my whole Facebook feed because it was just a nice way to, like, just drown out the noise and, like, just have a nice little place to go back to where every video is just someone cooking and it's not people screaming or anything. It's just, it's very chill. Yeah, I, I am definitely right up with there like with you there where like i think i follow like at least three different tasty outlets like because there's like tasty and then there's like the british version and then there's like the japanese version and i just like it's like that's all i don't need news i just need food yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and like i think the cool thing about tasty too is that they have like branched out to more personal things where like they'll have one of their their chefs uh like one of the people working at buzzfeed doing those videos just talking about like over the footage of them making it about like their personal connection to the dish there was one where they had like terry cruz making mac and cheese uh, <laughs> what? which was like really no- yeah it's really good he's just like he's talking about like I-, I-, I think he was talking about like his personal connection to making that like a family kind of thing like yeah we bring this to family gatherings it's great i'm sorry we have to stop the podcast because i won't i just all i want in the world right now is it? to I'll- watch terry <laughs> cruz let me get a note because because it's a really pleasant video and Terry Crews is really great. I am putting this in the description for the episode. This is the most <laughs> important thing in the world right now. But yeah, it's just, I, I really liked when, I like when they post those. They uh, think they call them like Tasty Presents or something. It's all cool vibes only. So if this like kind of started with you watching Food Network and just that kind of like association with it being a calming aspect, what was kind of the first kind of jump of you getting into it online? Like, was it stuff on Facebook? Was it YouTube? Like, was there a specific catalyst of moving from just being to be like TV to like actually online and you're choosing to really consume it? I can't figure out if it's tasty or cooking with dog because I feel like they might be on equal playing fields here. I feel like I might be more inclined to say tasty, but I think I've seen cooking with dog before that uh but tasty kind of just like started showing up on my feed one day and i was like all right i can get into this for once the algorithm has given you something useful yeah thank you mark zuckerberg (laughs) finally (laughs) do you find that you focus more on the content of the video like if you're if you're choosing between them do, do you watch them because they're on a specific channel do you watch them because of the host do you watch them because of what it is that they're making is does one of those things take priority when you're selecting what you want to watch? I don't think I could say that anyone takes priority. It usually depends on what shows up and just, like, what sounds most interesting at that immediate moment. Like, sometimes I'll stop and watch if it's, like... Like, I always stop and watch, like, Binging with Babish and stuff. I love his stuff. I'll definitely, like, stop if it's a really weird kind of cooking video, uh, which usually gives me a lot of stuff to throw in the Munch Squad Facebook group, honestly, because then <laughs> I'm just kind of like, okay, these people need to see this trash. <laughs> Have you ever uh, made, like, a recipe that you 
you've seen in one of these videos? Because I feel like at least, granted, this is from my personal experience, but like I always watch them, but I never, and I always go like, man, I'd love to make that. And then I never do. So have you actually <laughs> like taken that extra step to, to like make what you've watched? Well, like nine times out of 10, I won't make what I watch, but uh, sometimes I do. Like I remember the one that I really liked was I made Tasty's chocolate chip cookie recipe, which is honestly like, they're the best cookies I've ever eaten. They're so good. Like, they put chocolate chips and chocolate chunks, and then, like, there's some espresso powder in there, and they use, mm. like, two different kinds of flour and brown butter, and it took so long to make, but they were the best cookies I've ever had. They're so good. Do you find that you lean towards specific kinds of foods at all? Like, is it a dessert versus an entree thing versus, like, I don't know, breakfast omelets? I'm not sure what the other category would be. <laughs> I tend to trend towards savory stuff because that's just generally what I prefer eating in my everyday life. I was going to say in the real world, and that sounded really weird for a hot <laughs> second. But yeah, that's just kind of generally what I do. But if it's a good looking dessert, I'll definitely stop and watch like the cookie video, especially. That was interesting because they started out the video by breaking down like, okay, so we tried out a bunch of stuff and this is what we found out about baking cookies. And then they made a recipe based on their findings. And that was super cool. Yeah, chocolate chip cookies are definitely like the most scientific baking thing I think like the, the thing that people are most opinionated about how you're supposed to do it and the people who have experimented with the most to try to get it the way they want it yeah baking's a science so it's like I understand why it's like that because if you mess one thing up then the whole cookie quite literally just falls apart or hmm. shrivels up and it, it's baking is mildly scary <laughs> <laughs> gotta be honest has watching these things made you kind of more like like you mentioned baking being a scary prospect because it's so precise but has there been any kind of element of you potentially growing more comfortable with certain aspects of like baking and cooking because you watch these videos yeah honestly i think that's the biggest thing i've gotten out of watching these videos is that the great thing about cooking videos is you see a lot of the process up close and uh sometimes they'll even explain like how to do certain techniques so that's what's really exciting because it kind of makes me feel like, hey, I could do this. They just explained it to me. Uh, and sometimes I can actually do it. Sometimes I can't. I'm still figuring out, like, hollandaise, which is very difficult. Like, even if it comes out bad, it's like, hey, I tried it because I watched this person do it. And it was like, it just kind of read as very accessible to me, you know? Yeah, there's definitely that level of it not being as, as like, daunting. Because it's like, oh, look, that's how you do it. I, I have seen, I've seen that with my eyes. <laughs> I, too, have seen The Cooking Man. And it's, yeah, and it's not magic it's it's suddenly real yeah exactly is watching these videos a, a primary motivator for experimenting with cooking regardless of what it is or is it something that you do solely for yourself do you do it when you have people coming over like what do you think prompts you to say okay i'm gonna try this new thing that i haven't made before i guess if i'm in the mood for it, it usually helps if i have the ingredients too on hand because mm -hmm. then i'm like well i have nothing to lose i'm not wasting any money it's just right here <laughs> but yeah it's just sometimes it's like i'm in the mood for this specific food and I've definitely watched videos on this. I wonder if I can do it myself. Do you usually watch them before you eat or after you eat? Is there is there like a time of day or a circumstance that is the right moment to watch one of these or is it just sort of whenever? Usually just in my downtime in general. Especially when I get home from work, I'm usually super tired. So sometimes I'll like open YouTube to watch something and then I get redirected to a cooking video that was <laughs> not exactly at all what I wanted to watch. But <laughs> it's just a nice way to unwind at the end of the 
the day. Sometimes on the train, too. I have a long commute, so sometimes on the train I'll do that. How many times have you, like, sat down and intentionally watched these versus, like, like you said, you kind of get redirected into this kind of, like, oh, this has showed up on my sidebar. I'm just gonna watch this one, and suddenly you're, like, three videos deep. I think because I've curated my online space so that cooking videos just naturally (laughs) appear, I don't really (laughs) look for them half the time. Sometimes I'll be like, hmm, I wonder how this channel's doing, and then I'll look them up, but most of the time I'm just kind of like, oh, hey, there's a video. (laughs) They find you. (laughs) Yeah, they just find me. You've brought up kind of these videos that have personalities behind them, Um, and like, I'm familiar with Cooking with Dog, because I have a friend of mine who's super into it, but um, for someone obviously like Anne, who doesn't know what that is, and anyone (laughs) listening, uh, could you maybe explain uh, that series a little bit? Yeah, and I might actually also tie it into another series I wanted to talk about at some point. So Cooking with Dog is a cooking series on YouTube where it's hosted by a Japanese woman, and I think it's a poodle. Uh, Her poodle dog who just sits on the counter, or used to, unfortunately the dog passed away, and she replaced him with a plush, I believe. It just, it was, especially uh, in the earlier videos when the dog was still around, like, it was just really cute because, like, the dog was the narrator, and he was, like, narrating in English, and it's just, like, a very, like, matter-of-fact kind of, for some reason, like, the specific way the narrator dog says, like, skim the scum off the top or something, it's just, like, it's got a very distinct voice to it, and it's very, that, those videos are super relaxing, and there's actually another series that does, like, a similar sort of concept, it's called Cooking Bear. My friend Taylor showed me it in college, and it's, like, the most wholesome thing. It's another Japanese cooking channel, but it's, like, hosted by a stuffed bear uh, named Kuma-chan. <laughs> and it's funny because there's, like, this weird dynamic between the chef and the bear, because it's just kind of like, um, the chef treats the bear really badly, but the bear's, like, really <laughs> upbeat and positive and just having fun with it. And, like, there's a point where the bear's just like, I saw that we have a lot of, like, American viewers, so I'm gonna try to speak in English now, too. And it was just like, oh, cooking bear, you're too kind. Uh, it's really cute. I actually did try to make something from that show once, and I sent in, like, a picture and a little, like, blurb about it. My friends and I tried making okonomiyaki once, and, uh, he was reading about it. I was like, wow, this looks so great. You all did such a great job, and I was so flattered. Aww. <laughs> cooking so Bear's sweet. great. I don't think that they've posted in a while, but Cooking Bear was just such a, like, the light of my life. Are a lot of these channels Japanese? Is it, like, a mix of different countries, or... I mean, obviously, you're you're somewhat limited by whatever happens to be... Are they subtitled or, or dubbed or whatever? Something where the, the content is available in English. Uh, I mean, I'm just assuming that you don't watch things in foreign language. That could also be kind of calming. I feel like I see more English ones, but I think that's just because I speak English, so it's a lot easier to find that content. I think the only two Japanese ones, outside of, like, maybe Tasty Japan, that I've, like, watched before are Cooking with Dog and Cooking Bear. So with, like, Cooking with Dog especially, I feel like a lot of the recipes that they've shown on that show are pretty not simple but they're kind of like standard food like i think i remember watching one that was like omu rice which is like a pretty standard meal like and and pretty simple to make are you drawn to recipes that are more everyday run-of-the-mill recipes or do you watch ones where it's like here's this extremely elaborate meal like that you would (laughs) never you would like either for time or money's sake like never make uh i feel like i feel like i more often end up watching like the more commonplace ones like if i do watch a more like 
fancy sounding kind of dish. They're really interesting to watch. It's just there's something really nice about the more simple ones, like not just the accessibility behind like being able to make it like realistically, but also it's nice to see different takes on how people cook the same dish, you know? Like I've seen people make hollandaise on a stovetop and then like binging with Babish did his in a blender and it's very, very interesting. How many instant pots have you seen? I feel like <laughs> everyone's using instant pots in these videos. It's so weird because I don't even have an instant pot. I have like a crock pot uh, and a rice cooker. I don't yeah. have an instant pot. Yeah, well, that's um. what an instant pot is. So I'm sorry, this has gotten wildly out of hand. Oh my God. <laughs> Time for that, like, instant pot, like, discourse right here. I just feel like every video I watch has an instant pot in it, and I'm like, why? Hot takes right there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like I see a ton of instant pots unless it's, like, an instant pot recipe video or something. Sure, sure. I feel like with the Japanese videos, it's more common to see, like, rice cookers and stuff, but that kind of is more of a cultural thing, I think. Is there a commonality between any of them? Like, is there is there one thing that pretty much all of the cooking videos do in some capacity? other than cook usually narrate like the process is the most like standard thing whether it's through subtitles like with the tasty videos or just by like voiceover or something like that I, mm-hmm. it's usually that instructional part of it's always very consistent is there a recipe that all of them seem to have tackled like is there some comfort food that seems to be universal enough that everybody thinks they need to do a video on it I feel like I've definitely seen a few videos on how to make eggs <laughs> but that's a pretty that's a pretty staple food so I'm not really surprised uh, and again like there's just so many different takes on it and stuff too uh like i know binging with babish did like a whole video where he did like eggs like four different ways i think it was like a two-part video too i know one of his uh basics with babish videos was like a two-part thing do you find that there's especially with the videos that like have sort of a series behind them like they have a person behind them outside of just like the instructional part of it like do you feel like you have a connection to some extent like as a viewer with not only just like the food that's being made but like the person that's making it I think it depends on, like, if I'm interested in their personality, because, like, I really like very energetic people, so there are definitely some fun ones for that. I don't know. I, I, like, I can't say that I've become super attached to any of, like, any of the personalities specifically. I feel like it's easier with the more kind of human elements of certain videos, though. I don't know. Did that, did that make any sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely I does. I feel like I was losing my train of thought partway through that. <laughs> no, you, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm actually curious because, like, do you... Because not only do you mention that you mentioned that you, like, kind of watch them to be like, oh, hey, like, this is, like, interesting and new and maybe you'll try to make something and maybe you won't but like is there like a calming element or or something beyond just like the food part of it that makes you want to watch these and and could you like talk about that a little bit i think like the calming element for me is just it's not like a high stakes kind of thing it's something i can just shut my brain off to so that's definitely kind of like it's really great like if i'm feeling stressed or something like it's just nice to pop on like a video or i guess open my facebook feed and find one like just watching following the process is just like very like as i mentioned earlier just very therapeutic to me because i don't really have to like follow any plot or anything it's just more focusing on the person and what they're making and it's just it's it's nice it's good Mm -hmm. yeah there's not going to be a sudden like jump scare or anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would be a wild cooking video (laughs) oh my god 
feel like there was a Cooking with Bear video that tried to do that, but it was too cute, so it wasn't really, like, a jump scare kind of thing. (laughs) I don't know. I might be misremembering that, but I feel like that might have happened. I'll have to look. There were some Halloween videos for Cooking Bear, though. Do you have a food for you that's, like, such a comfort food to eat that you also... If you see a video that has that, that it's a, a must-watch regardless of who it is. I feel like creme brulee and mac and cheese are two ones that it's just like... Like, I love those foods, so watching mm-hmm. videos about people making them is really nice. I, I Especially since, like, with creme brulee, too, you get to watch the sugar on top kind of caramelize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so satisfying. Do you have to watch those after you've eaten? Do they, do they ever make you hungry? Do you ever, like, have to go and make it? They always <laughs> make me hungry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it'll be right after I've eaten, and it's like, well, whoops, okay then. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually, like, gotten up and been like, I have to make this right now. I'm trying so hard not to slap my table while I'm saying that. <laughs> so it has not, it has not spurred on any food emergencies. Not really, but sometimes it'll be like, oh no, I'm actually hungry now <laughs> after I've just eaten. Oh, man. Has watching these videos made you want to, like, try, like, not, like, not just making things, but... Has it made you want to, like, try things that are outside of your comfort zone? Like, in terms of maybe foods from different cultures, or you just something that you you normally, like, if you were in a restaurant and you saw it on a menu before, you would have been like, eh, not really my thing. But, like, if you watch a video about it, you're like, ooh, maybe I'd like to try that. Yeah, definitely. Like, plenty of times, like, even if I don't get the recipe from, like, a video, like, if I've watched a video about it and I see a recipe and I'm just kind of like, okay, I gotta try this. Like, uh, I once I've tried making ramen, and I don't know if I would would have had the confidence to make that had I not like watched people do it first you know and like I mentioned uh, eggs benedict like uh, hollandaise sauce like it's still super intimidating but I'm just kind of like I love this food and I've watched people make it and I want to see if I can do it now did you just like get ramen noodles or did you like actually like try to go full on and make ramen noodles <laughs> oh no 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 I don't have the time for that like the ramen already the ramen took like several hours to make because I also made uh, braised pork to go on it and the pork cooks for like three hours hours or something and then I have to make the broth and the broth is a very intensive process so like you have to cook all these ingredients and then you gotta strain it and it's just, it, t- it took so long it was so good though so that was fun I would totally try making that again I definitely did a like I did a live tweeting thread where I just kind of like I didn't go step by step but I kind of was like hey I'm at that part where like the pork is like almost done about to go in the oven and then hey this is what the broth looks like which I guess kind of in a way is definitely motivated by watching those kinds of videos you know it's just it's really exciting to be able to like share the process with other people yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that, like, kind of in a situation where you live tweet what you're doing, that's, you're basically, without the video part, creating that instructional aspect of one of those videos. So that's a really cool, like, wraparound. Yeah. Has interacting with the process of, of making food, either watching other people do it or doing it yourself, has that affected how you feel about the end result of, of actually eating food? Like, either, either stuff that you've made yourself, or even if you're out at a restaurant and you get something, like, do you think that that almost behind the scenes concept of of the exact steps that go into the food affect you actually eating it in any way? I think it definitely helps me appreciate the work that went into making it, especially like knowing how long certain dishes take to make or how much attention you have to pay to some things. Like I love risotto and watching risotto videos. Like risotto takes so much time to like, it's a, like 
like a lot of attention and a lot of constantly ladling broth in and stirring and you come to appreciate what goes into creating that thing that you're probably going to eat for like 10-15 minutes you know I want to ask the inverse of the question that I asked previously which was like are there foods that you've watched a video of it and you've gone oh I can't eat that like I just (laughs) I will never be able to eat that because like because you've seen the process Hmm, I actually don't no, I mean, I guess some of the weirder food videos that I've seen where, it, but those are usually just kind of, kind of like comically kind of like, who would eat that? But like, in terms of like regular foods, I don't think I've ever really had that like experience, you know? It's just kind of like, it's just interesting because like, even if it requires something like completely breaking down a chicken or something and like cutting open a fish or something like that, it's still like all really interesting to me. So I've never felt kind of repulsed. It just kind of adds to the appreciation of what goes into making it. So you, you'll you still watch videos for something that you would definitely never eat for whatever reason? Yeah, like, there are a lot of things that, like, I hate mustard, and I'll still watch videos that, like, have mustard in them and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. That It's more it's more just about the entire process than it is about yeah. the actual, yeah. like, end result. That's, that's really interesting. The journey, not the destination. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except with food. Do you share these videos with other people a lot, or is this something that you just kind of, like, you'll watch on your own and you kind of don't... You you know, you don't talk about it with, with friends or anything. Sometimes I will share with friends, especially, like, uh, I have a Discord with some of my friends, uh, and I have a channel that's called uh, Become Guy Fieri, which is just <laughs> all food-related content, like recipes and videos and stuff, and my friends and I will talk about food in there. And, of course, I mentioned the Lunch Squad Facebook group. I always share stuff in there. I'm, like, way too active in that group. Like, if I see something that's either really amazing or really terrible, I'll share it in there. (laughs) Right. There's no (laughs) in-between. Now Now I kind of want to hear an example of something terrible. Let me see what's the first thing I pull up. Like, I'll pull up the group right now and I'll tell you what I find. Please. Ooh, this is kind of weird. This is, like, some kind of, like, broccoli and ham chicken meatloaf mm. roll? What is this? What? what? <laughs> That's <laughs> too many things. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me get you the link. It's a tasty video. I'm very concerned. I am, like, extremely concerned because the first five seconds just does not look very appealing. Oh, that's a really... That's... That's... Hmm. And the only... Like, the only caption that the person who posted this has is just, like, a shocked emoji, <laughs> which is... Yeah. Ugh. No, the first 30 seconds are a deal breaker. I got to be honest. <laughs> One of the comments on the po- on the post in Munchquite says it's cordon bleu. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's good. It's so good. But I think I think we will have to link this, but yeah, the the yeah. like first step basically is a is a sort of what I would describe as a a sheet bed of ham. <laughs> Which yes. is just a bad, and just sort of lovingly folding the ham over, which is not, yeah. something just seems wrong there. You you just, like, you can't fix that with smooth jazz. <laughs> you really can't! It's so bad! And those are so funny to watch, too, because I'm just watching it like, who thought of this? That gets very close to the, like, life hack videos where why did someone make this? <laughs> yeah, the ones where it's like, there is no way this would work, why are you making a tutorial video on this? So would you say for for the ones that are kind of like the one you just described, it's more of like a morbid curiosity of what is happening? What kind of food monstrosity <laughs> is happening here? Absolutely. Honestly, 
exactly. It's always the morbid curiosity, especially when it comes from Munch Quadites, because sometimes it'll look normal in the beginning, and then they'll do something halfway through, and it's like, okay, this this needs to stop immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Calling the cops. That did just remind me of one I saw where I, I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't tell you what they were making. They might have been making cakes. It was all about used cereal milk Mm. like instead of flavoring milk in any kind of way they would like put cereal in the milk and then like strain it so that it would basically be like cereal milk yeah it was so strange Mm. like normally Uh, i'm not gonna yuck any yums that's that's the opposite of what our show is but that in particular just makes me go "Hmm." well what do you do with the cereal also i mean yeah i don't know i guess you just have mushy cereal it's like good cereal and now it's just mush so granted this is from my experience where like i'll always if i'm ever like about to go to bed or whatever like that is like usually one of the last things i do is i kind of like scroll facebook and i'll just like watch a tasty video or whatever just to kind of be like all right cool like this is a nice wind down what has been your experience with with those kinds of videos i know you mentioned kind of like on your commute or kind of in your downtime are there any other like specific moments where you really kind of seek this stuff out i think it's usually just when i need to unwind is always when I consistently try to find these videos. Like, sometimes I'll open Facebook just because it's like, alright, I need to see something that's not gonna stress me out for a bit, and I just find, like, a cooking video, and it's like, alright, and then it gets sucked into the rabbit hole, and it's like, it's actually still pretty nice, though, because it just kind of puts everything at ease for a hot second. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the people that we've talked to, when they've talked about a calming aspect of something that they're interested in, that it seems to come down to it being this kind of self-contained universe where you know that these other bad things can't intrude that you know a serial killer isn't gonna kick down the door in the middle of a cooking video that's exactly what it is so then i think my question is is there something that you want these videos to have other than the food that makes them feel the most calming and the safest and the most familiar like is there something about the production or about the host or about the way that they film it that you think contributes the most to it having that effect definitely think the storytelling stuff especially is like very relaxing because usually like you can't really tell like a really serious kind of story like you can't tell some like serious depressing kind of story over a food video I feel like it just kind of ruins the whole the whole vibe but like you get like a lot of nice positive stories and like how certain things related to that food help them to like grow and it's just very calming in that sense because it's like oh everything's good in the world for a few seconds you know I don't know I feel like stuff that doesn't have like super harsh industrial lighting and stuff also tends to be really nice like i love binging with babish and stuff because the light like the cinematography and the lighting and stuff it's just like it's very craftfully done and it's a nice it's like a very good production value and like uh it just kind of feels like the way that it's produced very like chill vibes kind especially with this narration over it too uh, if you've ever heard him narrate, it's just very... It's like food ASMR almost, I guess, for lack of a better word. I can't think of anything better to say, so I hope that didn't sound creepy. I couldn't think of a better word for that. His voice is just very relaxing. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Would you say that that like feeling of kind of comfort, is that like more so when there is like a narrator in the process versus just ones where it's like on screen, like, here's the chicken or whatever, like... <laughs> is it more about yeah. the actual like audio experience of listening to someone talk about making the food outside of just making the food? Yeah, I think there's a benefit because it 
it's just nice to know that there's somebody else there, you know? I mean, like, they're obviously, like, not narrating over it in real time, usually, unless you're watching, like, Food Network, I guess. But it's nice, because it's less of a, you're just watching it, and more like, uh, like, I'm talking about this with you, you know? That kind of feeling. It's funny, it, it very much sounds like kind of the the intimacy people feel with, like, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, oh, this is just like, I'm not like you're in a room with a bunch of people, like a bunch of your friends or whatever, but it's just like this very like one-on-one sort of feeling. Sort of feeling included in the process. Yeah, exactly. That makes me wonder, in terms of the videos where people have occasionally told some kind of personal story about the recipe or or something like that, is there one that stuck with you for some reason? I, I don't know if I can think of anyone in particular. I mean, like, I guess like the Terry Crews one, like, just because it was Terry Crews like sticks in my mind i want to say like brutal moose's cooking videos stick out the most but that's like such a different like it's still like a cooking video like he's doing everything step by step but he's also like learning how to cook in the process of making these videos too so those definitely stick out because it's that kind of like different concept and also it's really funny to see him do things like pour fat down the sink and then everyone starts (laughs) screaming in the comments like you can't do that you're gonna destroy your sink (laughs) but he's actually like learned a lot like he's like admitted like okay you guys told me not to do this so i'm gonna try not to do this this time those videos definitely stick out and also because he cooks really weird stuff on there like he'll find like he found like a 50s quick and easy cookbook and he ended up making this weird uh banana roll salad it had like mayo and grapefruits and Mm. it was absolutely bizarre i think that was the first one he did but then there was another (laughs) where he did microwave ramen recipes or something like that so yeah i think those probably I don't know if I have another thought. Except now that I just really want to go and watch. I, I like, I just want to watch a bunch of cooking videos now. <laughs> yeah, I, right? We have this every single time. Every time we have someone on, I'm like, man, <laughs> I want to go do that. Like, <laughs> you're addictive, I'm telling you. Do you have a recipe or just a food item, maybe not a specific recipe, that you have a really close personal connection with? Does it have to be from like a video or... No, it doesn't have to be. I think I think just life in general, because probably somebody has made a video of almost everything. So I think it covers that territory as well. I want to say shepherd's pie, because when I was in college, there was one time when I was coming home for a break or something. And my mom was like, it's really cold. Like, what do you want for dinner when you when you get home from being away for the semester or whatever? I think one time I was like, I really want shepherd's pie. Would you make that? And she was like, sure. And she got this really nice Emerald Lagasse recipe that has like sharp white cheddar on the top and stuff. And it's like super fancy. And like, it was so nice that she went through the effort of making it. She ended up like, it was so good that we ended up like making it uh, a few times like afterwards like in subsequent visits back home and stuff and making it for family gatherings so i have a lot of a lot of fond memories of it especially that that specific recipe when my mom made it so probably that it's also just like a very kind of homey kind of warm sort of even though it's like an emerald lagasse recipe so like super fancy <laughs> yeah but, but like it yeah. just the concept behind shepherd's pie is just very like you know humble and warm sticks to your gut kind of thing or sticks to your bones sorry that's the right phrase <laughs> sticks to your gut sounds kind of weird but it's just you know it's just that kind of like very very loving kind of dish i feel like i think that kind of goes with like casserole dishes in in general because like lasagna too has that sort of effect on me we kind of ask this typically with everybody but if you kind of had to give an elevator pitch of why step-by-step cooking videos are cool and you should watch a few or whatever what would be your kind of sell to 
someone else to like, hey, give this a shot sort of thing. So if you're having a bad day or if you just want to get some things off your mind, take a take a break. Pull up a chair and a cooking video. Immerse yourself in the process. Have a good time. Don't worry about anything. Enjoy some food with your eyes. Eat with your eyes. Cooking videos. <laughs> Enjoy some food with your eyes is an extremely powerful sentiment. <laughs> I mean, like, people do say, like, to, like, eat with your eyes and yeah. stuff. And, like, especially since, like, some of the menus have really nice plating and stuff, too. I feel like that's a that's a valid thing to say for cooking videos, because that's basically what you're doing. Do you do you want one last surprise question, which oh, you may not have yeah. an answer to, so we might have to let's, edit it out? <laughs> let's go, let's go. Okay, if you, for some reason, forcibly had to start, you have to do a cooking video. Oh this, my god. This weekend. <laughs> what are what are you going to make and what are you calling your show? Oh my god, this is such a good question. <laughs> okay. I'll do the name last because I'm not sure what I do about that yet. I feel like I'd probably make like lasagna with uh, homemade tomato sauce because I did that once when I was uh was away on an internship and I messaged my dad like, Hey, can I have your tomato sauce recipe? My uh, my dad's side of the family's Italian, or at least part Italian, so like he has a recipe based off his mom's recipe. My my grandma is like from Italy and she has like obviously it's like the Italian grandma thing where they have their own sauce recipe and everything so I, I used my dad's uh, version of the recipe and I ended up making homemade sauce and then I made a lasagna to go with it and I'd love to do something like that because then I also have that personal connection with making it and stuff and like after I made it I shared it I shared some of it with my roommate and it's just a lot of fond memories of that one lasagna that I could talk about during the show too and ah oh, man name of the show I'm so bad at naming things <laughs> Um, if you have a concept gimmick instead, we could have that instead. You can workshop the title. Concept gimmick. Oh man, it's like a very like layered question. <laughs> like lasagna. Yeah, like lasagna. <laughs> oh my god, this is like same energy as onions have layers. <laughs> Honestly, what would my gimmick be? I don't know. I feel like it'd just be wholesome memes and cooking because that's very much my brand. I can dig it. I I can dig yeah. that. Yeah. Wholesome memes cooking corner. It's probably not a good name. I can't. I don't know. I don't know what I call my cooking show. But you have the concept, and that's that's yeah, the yeah, most yeah. important part. It's the hard part, unless you're me, in which case everything else is easy except for the naming part. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, I don't think I have any any other uh, thoughts besides that. I'm really hungry, and I really want to eat a bunch of food now. <laughs> Same. I literally ate right before I told you I was ready to record. Like literally, I was finishing my mac and cheese uh, as I was typing okay one minute uh and now i'm like actually hungry again because i was talking about food for an hour we may have to put a warning on this episode yeah, don't <laughs> listen if you're hungry but thank you so much for coming yeah, thank on you. thank you and thank sharing you this with us this was a blast where can people find you on social media uh anything you want to plug uh this is your space so go for it cool uh so you can follow me on twitter at litvacart l-i-t-v as in victor ac art that's mostly that's kind of like my home on the internet it's where i spend like 99 percent of my time and then what do i want to plug i guess this should probably be up by the time this episode goes up but uh i'm giving a i'm gonna be at a con this weekend doing a panel on uh the history of neopets so i'm i'm getting a friend to record that that should be up and published uh on youtube i'm gonna probably share it on my twitter because a lot of people were asking me about it so uh definitely keep posted for that well awesome well thank you so much
Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or via our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com, or you can fry up your very own step-by-step video. Also, if you would like to accost uh, either myself or Emily in person, I will have a booth at C2E2, the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo in Chicago, unsurprisingly, uh, March 22nd through 24th. My booth number is 253. Uh, I will be there the entire weekend. Emily may be in and out, so if you'd like to meet her too, but please come say hi. Yeah, I don't have a booth. I'm just there as a person. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or bake your love into a lasagna and give it to that friend. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. (laughs) 